This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. A defense of America. That's what we will be discussing on the show today. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. As the introduction mentioned, you're listening to Exposing Washington with your host, Walker Wildman. This is a Memorial Day edition of Exposing Washington, so we're going to give a defense of America. And that sounds very vague, I know, but uh, you'll learn more as we get going in the show on on what that has to deal with. First off, I wanted to update some of you uh, if you've been listening to American Family Radio, if you're one of those avid listeners, you've been listening uh, for the past week or so, or the past few days, you'll know that my father had a car accident. And I know many of you have been concerned, been calling in, emailing, asking questions, trying to find out more. Um, so I just wanted to update you. We sent out an email to our supporters this afternoon. Uh, I'm sorry, yesterday afternoon. And... Um, and so my father uh, had, an, had a, a car wreck on the interstate here locally, um, and he, uh, he had some internal uh, issues, internal health issues, and he, he broke his right hand. But he is, he is recovering. Uh, the doctor gave him a, a good, has given him a good report the last few days. So he's expected to make a full recovery, and uh, I expect he'll be back in the offices here within the next few weeks. Um, so anyways, thank you for your concerns, for your prayers, and, um, and uh, anyways, we'll move on from that. Um, the, what I want to talk about is, really today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit several different topics because uh, I wanted to kind of do a free-for-all and really just go through a lot of different subjects going on in Washington, update you on some things, uh, because uh, there's just so much to talk about. So um, um, let, let's move on to the first subject. The first thing I want to talk about, and I want to commend President Trump. Many of you knew, know that a couple weeks ago, I think the beginning of, of last week, President Trump moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Well, you might ask, and hopefully you know this answer, but why is this important, Walker? Well, for decades, and really since the modern reestablishing of Israel— the presidents, the president, various presidents of the United States have, have either delayed or basically declined to recognize, to formally recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And if you're like me, you're wondering, why on earth would U.S. presidents not simply declare or recognize the capital of Israel? Well, the history behind it's very long, very complicated. There's the struggle between the J- Jewish people and the Palestinians been going on for years and years and years. So if you want to study more into that, have at it. So I'm not here to explain that. But nonetheless, President Trump has recognized formally 
Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. He has moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and I want to commend him for that. It's very, it's a very bold move, and it's a very, very biblical move. And why is it a biblical move? Because God's word says that those who honor, who are friendly to Israel, that God will bless them. And America as a whole, over the past few weeks, has honored and respected Israel via its actions. And so I believe that God will honor that. I believe that God will honor that. Moving on to the North Korea issue, I told you we would talk about many different subjects today. North Korea, you know, they were kind of getting their act together, at least so we thought. But this past week, man, they've been out of control. They have been totally out of control. And what do I mean by that? Kim Jong-un has been taunting the U.S., President Trump and Vice President Pence this whole last week. Completely unnecessary. And so President Trump backed out of the summit that was planned for June 12th in Singapore. President Trump backed out of that. And I think this was a wise move. Because, because North Korea seemed to be kind of coming along, getting their act together, straightening up. They, 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 they released the hostages a couple weeks ago. But this whole past week, they've just been totally disrespecting America and her leaders. And so that left President Trump with only one choice, or really two choices. Only one, one of them's a good choice. One of them's not a good choice. He could stick, stay, stay in it, continue being humiliated. I'm talking about President Trump. And he could meet with Kim Jong-un on June 12th. But that, that has huge risks there. Because if we allow our country to be openly disrespected on the world stage by leaders of other countries, then we're totally going to lose our standing. And it's going to be embarrassing to President Trump. So President Trump backed out of the North Korea meeting, and I believe it was a wise decision. Now, the door is left open for the two countries to meet and come to some kind of agreement, but in the meantime, this is not happening. And I'm very skeptical of anything that Kim Jong-un does. Anything that North Korea does, I'm very skeptical because of their history. They have a history of shaking and baking and, and, and basically lying to all kind of countries on what they're doing. So I think President Trump made a wise decision. Look, let's back out of this. I'm not about to get Rick rolled on the world stage and totally embarrass our country and my presidency. Because guess who did this? Barack Obama. President Barack Obama was being taunted and joked at by, by Iran leading up to the, the, the Iran agreement. He was being taunted. They, were, they would go and meet with John Kerry in Europe, and then the Iranians would fly back to Iran and then shout death to America. And President Obama was still meeting with them. And so this is true leadership. President Trump backing out of this meeting, this is true leadership. We're not going to be embarrassed. We're not going to be embarrassed. So kudos to President Trump for making the wise decision there. The next topic I want to move on to is this is this Russia investigation. I spent a lot of time the past few weeks talking about it. But the Russia investi investigation is still going on. You know, I call it a phony Russia investigation. So does President Trump. I got that from him. 
But but a reporter in the Oval Office, the president was meeting with the South Korean president this past week, and a reporter wants to ask him about Rod Rosenstein and the Mueller investigation. I'm going to play clip one here, and let's see how President Trump handled this reporter. Do you have confidence in Rod Rosenstein? Uh, what's your next question, please? Um, I'm a reporter from... You know, excuse me, I have the president of South Korea here. Yes. Okay. He doesn't want to hear these questions, if you don't mind. That is classic Donald Trump right there. That's classic Donald Trump. They're sitting in the Oval Office. President Trump, the South Korean president, all the media is there. And one of these reporters out of nowhere goes, you know, what do you think about the Russia investigation? What's your impression of Rod Rosenstein? Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) President Trump looks her in the eyes, pauses. Then he looks across to the other side of the room and goes, next question, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was excellent. I, that, that's Ronald Reagan style. That's exactly something that Ronald Reagan would have done. And then, of course, she keeps pestering like they always do. Well, come on, Mr. President, you got to answer my question. I'm summarizing here. But but he, he looks back at her and says, look, I have the South Korean president here. Basically, will you quit asking me about the Russian investigation? Just give me a, like a day off of the Russia investigation. <laughs> and anyways, he, he ends up not answering her question at all, which I, I believe was the right decision, and they move on. But he needs to do that more often. Look, you're going to ask me these dumb questions. You're going to keep asking me the same questions over and over again. I'm not going to answer them. I'm not going to waste my breath and my time. Let's talk about stuff that matters. Let's talk about stuff that matters. I'm going to just play that clip one more time. Let's play clip one again. Do you have confidence in Rod Rosenstein? Uh, what's your next question, please? Um, I'm a reporter from... You know, excuse me, I have the president of South Korea here. Yes. Okay. He doesn't want to hear these questions, if you don't mind. There we go. I, I had to play it one more time. <laughs> president Trump says, we got better things to talk about. Let's move on. Next subject, please. Kind of on the same subject is this uh, is Andrew McCabe. He's the former deputy FBI director. He was the fellow right under FBI Director James Comey under the Obama administration. And he remained for almost a year after President Trump was inaugurated. He remained at the FBI. A highly, highly criticized guy. And anyways, the Inspector General, and you and I have talked about him on the show, the Inspector General, which is kind of the, the auditor, if you will, the auditor of the FBI and the Department of Justice, he makes sure they kind of stay in line. He investigates any improprieties within the Department of Justice. He came out with this blistering reports report a few months back, and he hit the, the, the essential conclusion to this Inspector General report was that Andrew McCabe lied under oath on multiple occasions. And not only did he lie under oath on multiple occasions, he leaked. FBI documents to media outlets, and then he lied about it. So anyways, many, many questionable things about Andrew McCabe. He also mishandled the Hillary Clinton investigation into her private server in a bathroom closet. She was hosting classified Department of State documents and, and, and communications on a server in a, private, in a private bathroom, unsecured nonetheless. So he handled that whole uh, whole scandal, and he, he really fumbled it. 
And he had he had very close relationships with the Clintons. The Clintons gave money to his wife's state Senate campaign in Virginia. A lot, a lot of questions about Andrew McCabe's character. But the conclusion of the Inspector General's report, at the conclusion of it, the Inspector General sent a criminal referral to U.S. prosecutors. So basically, they concluded their investigation, which they should have, and then they sent a criminal referral to U.S. prosecutors basically saying, here is all the laws that Andrew McKay broke while he was deputy FBI director, and, and, and we would recommend you charge him. Or, or, or here's, here's the evidence, now you cho- choose whether you should charge him or not. But that criminal referral is still pending. I'm not really clear. I couldn't figure out where the criminal referral was sent, which, which uh, maybe district attorney's office or U.S. attorney's office this, this referral was sent to. I need to do some more studying on that. But I can't find any evidence that he's been charged on any crimes. And that raises questions. Because Washington always does these very lengthy and costly investigations into very legitimate and sometimes illegitimate matters. And then, then last, that's the last of you hear of it. Y'all remember the IRS uh, uh, head, Lois Lerner? They were targeting conservative groups, not, not allowing them to get uh, proper forms approved for the IRS. And they basically admitted to it. Well, guess who got charged there for crimes? Nobody. The Hillary Clinton investigation. Who got charged with crimes there? Nobody. Not even criminal referrals. So all these lengthy investigations into all these scandals and nobody ever gets charged and there's hardly ever any criminal referral. Well, finally, we have a criminal referral on Andrew McCade, the former FBI deputy director, and it's pending. Who knows where it is? Why has he not been charged? If the inspector general is going to spend millions of dollars and use hundreds of federal employees to investigate a matter and he comes to a conclusion and recommends charges of someone, well, let's charge him. Bring him before a grand jury and let's see if he's guilty. But nonetheless, the criminal referral is still pending. And kind of on the similar topic, this is clip two. Tucker Carlson on Fox News often has Joe DeGeneva on, a former U.S. attorney from Washington, D.C. on, to talk about James Comey, the FBI, the spying, all this uh, that's been going on over the past few months. So let's listen to Tucker Carlson's, Tucker Carlson's introduction on Fox News the other night. Today, disgraced bureaucrat Jim Comey claimed the FBI didn't really spy on the Trump campaign. He said they used, quote, confidential human sources, which, by the way, is what the FBI calls spies. As Comey put it, facts matter. Hilarious. But then Comey turned serious, or as serious as a buffoon can. Spying on the Trump campaign, he said, was, quote, tightly regulated and essential to protecting the country. Comey went on to point out that asking any questions about any of this will, quote, do lasting damage to America. In other words, hey, serfs, shut up and obey. Well, there you have it. That was Tucker Carlson on Fox News. And there's two important things there. If I can get my thoughts together, the first important thing there in the clip is that former FBI Director James Comey 
admitted that there was a spy in the Trump campaign. He admitted that there was a spy in the Trump campaign. So it's not as if, you know, they're saying, well, you know, there's varying reports. We're really not sure. We just need to get our facts together. No. All the former Obama administration officials are going, yeah, yeah, we had an informant in the Trump campaign and it was, you know, it was it was well justified. Are you kidding me? And this is this is this is uh, new news, if you will. This is breaking news, if you will. Over the past week or two, there have been various reports that say that the FBI had a confidential informant within the Trump campaign. And you ask, why is this important? Because I'm not aware in in, in U.S. history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation ever having an, an confidential informant in an opposing party's campaign. This is unheard of. This makes Watergate look like Cheating on a test. So, so James Comey admits that the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign, and he goes, well, you know, it was, it was well-regulated. You know, we, we had a lot of oversight there. So who was overseeing it? You, Mr. Liar Comey? <laughs> I mean, there's nobody to trust in the Obama administration. It's not like we have a few bad actors. We're starting to learn everybody's a bad actor. There's not one holy person in the Obama administration. So who can you trust? I'm not sure if we can trust anybody. The second note I want to say here is the common defense that is used for lack of transparency in our federal government is they say, this is the line they'll say, well, you know, for, for we need to protect sources and methods and for national security, we just can't let you know this information. I I would agree with that if it were true, but they say that about everything. We just want to know basic information about what the Obama administration was doing, and they're trying to pull the whole, well, you know, national security's at risk and people's lives are in danger. That's a bunch of hogwash. If y'all didn't use that excuse every time the American people want answers, then we might actually believe you. But every time the American people demand transparency... They pull the whole national security card. And we're not wanting to know, like, like we're not wanting to know details about CIA operations overseas. No, we want to know that the Department of Justice under President Obama spy and, and, and offer a political hit job on President Trump, then candidate Trump. That's all we want to know. And any details that come out from that, they shouldn't endanger anyone's lives. And if it makes people look bad, Well, that's part of it. If there's wrongdoing, then people do need to look bad and they need to be publicly shamed. And if they committed crimes, they need to be charged. So let's stop with the whole, well, national security's at risk and we just can't tell you this, we can't tell you that. No, it's time for transparency. Because throughout U.S. history, when the truth comes out, the truth coming out is the best for our country. No matter what topic we're talking about, we need the truth. And the American people can handle the truth, but we must have the truth. Moving on here, the National Football League, also this past week, this has been a busy news week. The NFL came out earlier in the week, about midweek, and they said, look, we are, uh, we're changing our policy. We're establishing a new policy, if you will. And the policy states 
that players and staff for National Football League teams must stand for the National Anthem. This is a huge victory. This is a huge victory. The American Family Association back in 2016 and 2017 came out on multiple occasions and said that we need to, the NFL needs a policy which requires players to stand and respect our country during the national anthem. President Trump also spoke out on this, spoke out on this on multiple occasions, saying the same thing. And so the NFL this past week established a new policy which requires players and staff members to stand for the national anthem, and it offers certain fines for those who disobey the rules. And I believe the NFL allowed an opt-out policy, if you will, which, which I agree with in a sense, and that is, if you're going to disrespect our country and not stand for the national anthem, then stay in the locker room. That's the NFL's policy, I believe. Which, if we're going to strike some kind of middle ground, then that was it. Now, I think, personally, everyone should stand and respect our country and our flag. But if you're not going to do it, then stay in the locker room. President Trump, his opinion is if you're not going to do it, maybe you should leave our country. And that leads me to clip three. This is President Trump on Fox News just the morning of the, that the decision was made. And here's his comments on the NFL's decision. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. And the NFL owners did the right thing if that's what they've done. So President Trump said there that those who disrespect our flag, maybe they shouldn't be in the country. And I couldn't agree more. And I know that's very controversial, but what I'm saying here is, and hear me out, I'm not saying that those who don't stand for the flag should be forced out of our country. What President Trump is saying there, and I couldn't agree more, is that, look, maybe those of you who hate America, maybe you should voluntarily go somewhere else. So we're not, we're not talking about forcing people out of the country who don't agree with certain things in America. No, we live in a free country, and we have constitutional protections. And, and everyone has the right to dissent peacefully. But maybe, just maybe, all those of you, and I know I'm, I'm not talking to my listeners, I'm talking to, the, talking to the country in general, those of you who disrespect our country, disrespect our flag, and all you do is spend your time criticizing America, why don't you go to China? Uh, or you could go to North Korea, maybe Venezuela. Go over to Europe. Go to another country and see how you like it. Because I'll guarantee you, if you go to another country and you're honest about it, you will come back and have an appreciation for America. Now, is America perfect? Absolutely not. America has her flaws. She's always had her flaws. But for the most part, America is uniquely good relative to other countries. I wish America would end abortion and stop killing these innocent babies. I think the Obergefell decision 
essentially legalizing same-sex marriage, so-called marriage, I think that's disgusting. I think that's a stain on our country. I think slavery, Jim Crow laws, racism, I think that's a stain on our country. And I'm ashamed at that past. But America has very, very many good values. And I think America has done a lot of good. Just to mention a few good things that America has done. Well, first off, we, have fa- we, we established, I say we, our country, our founders established the freest country of them all. The freest country in world history. Not modern history, world history. Modern medicine and healthcare, technology, the sending of Christian missionaries throughout the whole world. All the millions and billions of dollars we send in foreign aid to these poor countries to help people in need. We have a great, great education system. <laughs> Is it perfect? No. I wish we could do away with Common Core. I wish these, these, these universities across the country would quit indoctrinating our children with these Marxist ideas. But we still, in general, have a good education system. Everyone gets an education. I would say a free education, but it's not free. It has to be paid for by American taxpayers. So the list goes on. America is a good country. And those of us who live in America should be proud of us. Should be, cr- be proud of her. Should be proud of America. So the NFL fell on the right side of history and they chose to require the players and staff members to stand for the national anthem. And I think that is great timing because we're headed into Memorial Day weekend where we honor those who have served our country. And I want to thank those who have ser- served our country in uniform. It takes bold and courageous men and women to be willing to die for America and die for her freedom. On this Memorial Day, never forget that without God's providence and the sacrifice of our soldiers, there would be no America. There would be no America. So many things to be proud of, folks. I hope you have a blessed Memorial Day weekend. And, and a lot of good news going on. And, and for all those of you who maybe get discouraged at some of the news, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. One thing my grandfather always said was, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. And the reason he said that and the reason he harped on that is because we're going to have our battles here and there. We're going to be fighting, fighting for our country, fighting for what we believe in, fighting for our Christian values, sharing the gospel. And you're not always going to see successes in a worldly sense. Sometimes you're going to lose, you know. But we have to keep fighting because that's what God has called us to do. So while we have men and women serving overseas defending our country, let's, let's defend our country domestically. Let's fight for what we believe in. Continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And be faithful to what God has called us to be. Folks, thank you for joining Exposing Washington. We had a lot of, a lot of good encouraging news this week. We'll be back next week. Who knows what we'll talk about, but stay tuned to American Family Radio. Have a safe Memorial Day weekend, and we'll talk next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.